Well, hello, my name is Ian, and I'm one of the leaders at Rotherham Evangelical Church. When you introduce yourself to a stranger, what do you say? How do you do that? How does what you say influence how they relate to you? If you introduce yourself as a brain surgeon, as an alternative health guru, or as a politician, how do you think that influences their reactions? Like it or not, what you tell people about yourself will influence how they think about you. Well, today we're in our third week of our series uh, from of the I Am Statements of Jesus, places in John's biography of Jesus where he tells us things about himself. Places where Jesus claims to be divine and where he reveals something about his divine nature and something about us as well. Last week, Ben took us through the first of these statements where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And this week we're looking in uh, John chapter 8 and John chapter 9. In John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In uh, chapter 9, verse 5, he again says, I am the light of the world. This is a basic and a straightforward statement. Uh, even hearing it for the first time, we can get at least some sense of what Jesus is saying, some sense of what he's trying to tell us about himself. So today we're going to think about Jesus as being the light of the world, and we're going to divide our time up into thinking about the feast that Jesus was talking at in, in chapter 8. We're going to think about the fullness of this light that he claims to be. And we're going to think about following this light. So the feast, the fullness and the following. Ben said a couple of weeks ago that we'll best understand these I am statements when we think older and when we think wider. So first of all, we're going to think older and think about this feast that Jesus was speaking at. If you read back into chapter 7, we know that Jesus was speaking at something that was called the Feast of Tabernacles. This is a, a Jewish festival. It's usually held round about the end of September or October in the temple in Jerusalem. And uh, it was a really good party. This was where the Jewish people were uh, celebrating and remembering how God had saved them from slavery in Egypt and how he had brought them out through the desert for 40 years back into the promised land. And he had guided them through the desert uh, in part as a pillar of light. Uh, and that's what they were celebrating, this rescue and God's protection and, and guidance. And during this festival, 
uh, at the end of uh, the day. Forge, four huge lamps, four candelabras would be lit in the part of the temple where, where Jesus was talking at this time. That was, I suppose, representing the pillar of light that had, that had guided them through the desert. And thousands would have been gathered there. One writer at the time describes how, how the whole night sky would have been lit up at this point. Uh, we might think of it today like, like searchlights lighting up the sky. And this is the point where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. It's an incredibly dramatic moment to say that. As part of the feast, the crowd would have just heard passages uh, from what we call the Old Testament in, in, in the Bible. Uh, we know that they would have uh, uh, read from Zechariah chapter 14. This is what it says there. Then the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones with him. On that day there will be neither sunlight nor cold, frosty darkness. It will be a unique day, a day known only to the Lord, with no distinction between day and night. When evening comes, there will be light. The crowd would have been familiar with passages from the Old Testament about how God himself is light. At Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord, that is God, is my light. Uh, many of the passages, Psalm 119, um, and these would have been very familiar to uh, the hearers of Jesus when he was speaking. Uh, some of them would have been read uh, as part of the celebration. So at this point in, in the annual feast, this feast that commemorates light, as guiding the, the people of Israel, surrounded by huge crowds with uh, big lights lighting up the sky, having just heard from the, from the Bible how God is light. At this, at this dramatic moment, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Not just I am a, I am a light to the people of Israel. Not even I am the light to the people of Israel, but the light of the world. It's hard to understand just what the impact of that would have been. At that moment, nobody listening could have been in any doubt as to what Jesus had just said, what he claimed to be. So let's dig deeper into this claim of Jesus, this, uh, our second point. Let's try to appreciate the fullness of what the crowd would have understood by that statement. This is what Ben talked about as going wider to understand the I am statement of Jesus. When he says, I am the light of the world, what is he claiming about himself? Uh, ben told us a couple of weeks ago how... Uh, when the I am at the beginning of that that sentence is a is a formula that his listeners would have understood uh, in the original language as claiming to be God, as identifying as being divine. Uh, 
It's a clear and a definite statement of the divinity that Jesus was claiming to be. The crowd would have recognized that. And they would have recognized from from their from knowing the, the Old Testament well that light is synonymous synonymous light is synonymous with uh, creation, salvation, guidance, protection, hope for eternal life with with God. His listeners would have understood that that Jesus was claiming to be pure like God. The Bible says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. They would have known that when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, that the light is something that we need. Even more, it's essential to us. Jesus is claiming here to be essential to us. The crowd would have have known that when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, that, that there is an exclusivity in this statement. There is no other light, Jesus is saying. He's saying there is no other light. The choice is this light or darkness. There is no third choice. When Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, we can easily understand that this light is is divine. And that we can see things clearly by this light. That by this light we can see both God clearly and we can see ourselves clearly. It's not that light has to go out of its way to show us things. By its very nature, light shows us things. It reveals things to us. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, no other evidence is required for his statement. Think about it. Although there's lots of good and sensible scientific facts and arguments about the the sun, we do not need to know all of those arguments in order to know what the sun is basically like. We know that the sun gives light. We can feel that it gives us warmth because we experience it. The arguments are there and they they still make sense, but we can see the light. We can feel the light. We know what it is like because of what it is like. Jesus in this way is self-authenticating. And that's what the whole argument, if you, if you read the, the next part of chapter 8, this, that's what the whole argument with the, the religious leaders, the, the Pharisees, is about. They are not recognising that light. And yet Jesus is saying, it's clear, it's plain. The truth is self-evident when we experience that light. And that echoes what uh, John writes about Jesus at the beginning of this biography. Uh, Rachel read it a moment ago. That Jesus was life and that life was the light of all mankind. That the true light, that Jesus was the true light that gives light to 
everyone. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, we get a, a glimpse that this light is glorious and beautiful and majestic and pure and to be aspired towards, to be admired. It is great. It is of great worth. It is altogether lovely. It is something that we we should be drawn towards, something that we should love, something that we should want to take part in. And Jesus then goes on and shows us this light in action. Just uh, turn over on the page of your Bible there to uh, verse uh, chapter 9, verse 5. And Jesus shows us this light in action. Uh, here Jesus uh, heals a blind man uh, and then makes this statement again, I am the light of the world. Having made the statement in chapter 8, he then goes to show the light is an active thing. It's not just a, a concept. It is a, a light that is working. How ironic here that the man who is blind experiences the light of the world. And yet the religious leaders, the Pharisees who were with them, are so knowledgeable about the Old Testament, fail to see the light of the world that is right in front of them. Can you get your sense from this that, that Jesus is, is bigger than you think? When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, does, it, does all the fullness of that statement hit you this is this is immense this is like the light lighting up a dark sky this is like feeling that sustaining warmth on a on a cold winter's day that you feel when the when that sun hits you when we are cold and without hope we read about light and the light of the world in the Bible, this light shows us clearly who God is, that he is pure, creating, guiding, sustaining, beautiful and holy and perfect. And it shows us who we are. It illuminates the darkness that is inside us. And that is what light does. It shows things as they really are. But the light of the world is active and came into the world. John chapter 12 verse 46. Came into the world to die for us. So that none of us should have to stay in that darkness. We see this light most clearly when Jesus dies on the cross. Or when he rises from the death. We can experience that light uh, for all of our lives, when we follow it, we no longer have to live in darkness. This is the fullness of the light of the world. This is the fullness of Jesus. This is the wideness of the statement, I am the light of the world. 
this light illuminates Jesus as being far bigger than we think. Well, having gone older and having thought about the feast, having gone wider and thought about the fullness of Jesus, I want to look at the next part of uh, chapter 8, verse 12. This statement when Jesus says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So our third point then is, is following. How did the listeners to Jesus react? How did the crowd react when they heard him at this, this dramatic moment make this, this incredible statement? Some would have responded positively. Hearing what he said, understanding the implications for their own lives, uh, his words would have been a light to their path. After his death and resurrection, some of these people would have become the earliest Christians, trusting that Jesus was their saviour, doing their best to follow him as he had commanded them to do. But notice what it says in the, in the second part of this verse. Not only would have they been following, but they would have had the light of life. They would have been following the light of life. They would have had the light of life. They were united with Jesus, the light of the world, through their faith in him. That might describe your response to this. Hearing this statement, you, you appreciate some of that fullness and you, you decide to follow Jesus. Praise God. The world is by its very nature dark. So if this is you, how are you showing others around you this light that you are united with? Jesus said to some of his followers in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 11, No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden, or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. There are even more opportunities to do this during our current COVID-19 situation. Opportunities to tell people this good news about Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Let this light shine through you so that people may see Jesus. But some in the crowd would have heard this claim of Jesus and rejected it. As the light of the world, Jesus shows us how things really are, the real situation. It shows us how incredibly loved we are by God, how the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins is our only hope. It also shows us how terrible our sins are, how deep our darkness is, how we are afraid to come into the light. This light shows us how we need Jesus to save us through his grace. But some in that crowd rejected that. Why? Because they loved their sin too much and they did not want to be exposed to the light. Like some in the crowd, you might not want to follow Jesus and you're happy with that position. You know that you're not a Christian and that is okay because you do not want to change your lifestyle. Because the things that you do that are wrong, 
you believe are good for you or enjoyable. If you come into the light, then you worry that people will think less of you and judge you. Ultimately, you want to hide from the light. We heard that earlier in in our second reading. John records how Jesus said, Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Don't be that person. Jesus is the light of the world. Come out of your darkness and into the light. Confess your sins. The darkness that we all have. We all have that darkness. Come and follow the light. Trust Jesus, the light of the world. Experience the fullness of that light as you follow him. You will have the light of life. Surely that is better than darkness. Surely that is better than the life you are now experiencing. But some in the crowd, and this included many of the religious leaders who were there, did not believe Jesus because they were following a different light in their mind, what they believed to be light. They heard what Jesus said, but they did not believe him. They thought they were still going to heaven, that their way of life was good and positive. They were following perhaps moral standards they had set for themselves or standards that they had um, created and added to. Uh, They self-identified. Some were even feeling that they were self-created. I'm a self-made person. They were comfortable with their life and self-assured. You may feel the same way. That although you've heard what Jesus has said here, that you do not want to follow him. That you are somehow okay. You do not need to follow Jesus. You are a moral person. You're a good person. Perhaps you follow another religion. Perhaps you just... Do whatever makes you happy and you believe that that is a good life. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 23. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If you believe that you have light in your life, but that that is not Jesus then you are wrong. You do not have light in your life. What you have is darkness. What you think is right and good and worthy, that light that you are trusting in, perhaps to get you to heaven or or trusting in to have a good life, whatever you believe that is, is in fact a very great darkness. That is a really dangerous situation to be in. You also need to turn right now to Jesus, the light of the world, to follow with faith. Follow this fullness that we have described. The light of Jesus is the only true light. All the world needs it. We were made by it. We're designed to experience it and to love it and to ultimately be 
united with it. If we follow Jesus, the light of the world, then we will be united with that light. Again, Jesus said uh, in uh, John chapter 12, it's in verse 46, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Do not stay in darkness today. Jesus is much bigger than you think. At the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation tells us what the followers of Jesus will experience, what it will be like when we are finally living with him face to face. This is in Revelation chapter 22. It says this, The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Turn to that light today. Follow him. And you will be united with all the fullness of Jesus.